so much for coming out. Uh, we're going to be baptizing right at the end as part of our altar time. I'll give kids time to change and everything. If you're an adult and you're here and you want to be baptized today, it's not too late. We can we can make that happen somehow. So uh, see uh, Kyle or someone. We're just donkey. I was at a country church, what, two years ago, and the pastor preached the sermon and, and he's like, you know what? There's like, there's there's seven or eight men here. You need to give your heart to Jesus and get baptized. And I was like, whoa, this, this guy's brave. There's probably 250, 350 people there. And I was like, not one person's going to do that because no one brought clothes, right? Dude, guys ran to the altar in their Wrangler jeans and their boots. And they're like, we want to get baptized right now. And so the pastor was like, all right. He goes in and gets them some waiters, throws the waiters on. And the guys jumped in there in their jeans and they got baptized in their jeans. And Wives and friends went home and brought change of clothes, and they got baptized in their clothes. I was like, how cool is that, man? I'm not saying you have to do that today, but, you know, we, we, we accept it if you want to be baptized today. Jesus said we're supposed to be baptized. Amen. Amen. I don't know why I have two mics. I'm trying to talk to the band the way Kyle does. I get, you know, multiple mics. So, yeah, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with me. I'm perfectly Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. Yeah, I probably should do this too. I didn't notice. They're back there laughing. I'm like, what are they laughing at? I don't know. It's me. They're laughing at me. No, I'm so glad that you're here. Um, I want to say uh, we want to pray that God does something special for each and every one of you. If you're a guest here or if this is your home church or if you used to be part of Tabernacle back in the days, thank you for coming back. We know you could go anywhere and you bless us by being here. And I want to say this to all of you and I want to say this especially to old Tabernacle Family Worship Center. Uh, can we do this? Would you raise your hand if you were from the old, the old Tabernacle Family Worship Center connection, the family? Look at that. Thank you. I'm so glad that you're doing well. I'm trying to look at everyone. I'm so glad your family's doing well. I'm glad that you found a home church and you serve the Lord and you're here to celebrate with us. It makes us so happy to know we have family all over the Metroplex. People serving in ministry, people serving on the worship team, people serving, teaching classes or being on the prayer team. It makes us feel really good that everyone is still serving the Lord. We're all in the family of God. And I just wanted to tell you, I wanted to honor you and thank you. Thank you for being here with us, but thank you that you still run. So when you think of us, would you pray for us? We're, we're trying to keep carrying on this thing that started a long time ago. And so, but thank you for being here. It really blesses us. Uh, I mean, David, David, my old roommate, I mean, he, he could come up here and ruin everything I'm about to say if he wanted. <laughs> oh, uh, and it's just good. It's good to see you here. I know you're here to celebrate, um, but I do feel like it, it's all a setup. The Lord has something specific for you today. And, and uh, on June 5th, we're going to celebrate Pentecost Sunday because we are a Pentecostal church. Uh, we are absolutely uh, Pentecostal to the core. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the baptism of water. Um, all of it. Yeah, it disappeared. I don't know. <clears throat> so then I want to say this. So so we're going to do a Pentecostal celebration, but then that evening, we're also going to have, a, we call it the table. It's a, this is a new thing we're calling it. If you were here for Easter celebration, we did a communion, and we set up the table, and we had a charcuterie board. Am I saying that right? Anyway, we had that. It was all fancy. It was all nice, and, and we ate as a family, and we thought, you know, we need to do that more often, and there's something that happens around a table. And so we started making a, re, a, a commitment. We're going to eat around our table at home, not around the TV 
we're not in our cars between soccer matches as, as much as we can. We're going to gather around the table because something's special about that. It was like G one of Jesus' last wishes was, was that he would have one more meal with his disciples sit around the table and eat food together. And we're, we're Christians. We like to eat and have a good time. So that Sunday afternoon at 5, we're going to set up the table. We're going to have a potluck. If you would like to bring something, side dishes, you can register on the app or on Facebook. There is a link that you can go in and, and register for a, a side dish and dessert. The church is going to provide brisket, I think, and uh, the drinks. So that'll be the June 5th. All right. <clears throat> Amen. Why don't you open your Bibles to Matthew 3. We're going to go there. I'm going to skip all this because we did the offering and we're ready to go. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Jesus, we love you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you because you're faithful. We sure sing all about you today. We, 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 we wanted to honor you. We wanted to put you at the forefront of our minds. And we just bless you right now. We pray that your presence would come. Speak to our hearts today in Jesus' name. Amen. I wanted to, to preach a message on baptism since today's it's on our mind. It's what we're here for. Um, and so in Matthew chapter three, there's a story of Jesus's baptism. And I want to I want to read this. So if you want to open up or it's right here on the screen, you can read this with me. But Matthew three, verse 13, it says Jesus came from Galilee uh, to John at the Jordan River to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him saying, I need to be baptized by you. I probably would have said the same, like Jesus comes and asks me to baptize him. I'm like, wait a second, you know, this isn't right. Like later on, early on, John said, I'm not even worthy to untie his shoes, right? Uh, and so he's like, I can't baptize you. I need to be baptized by you, but you're coming to me? And Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be so now, for this is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Now, righteousness means being in right relationship with God, to be in right standing with God. And so what Jesus was saying is, unless you baptize me, I can't be in right relationship with God. Which is really a powerful statement. He's saying we have to do this because it will fulfill all of righteousness. It will bring me into right relationship with my Father. And so then he allowed him, and, when he, and he baptized him. And when Jesus came up out of the water... Um, he beheld this. This is what he saw. Three specific signs happened, and I highlighted them here. The heavens were open. Would you say that with me? The heavens were opened. And then it says, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. Say, the Spirit of God like a dove sat on him. Yeah. And then the third thing that happened was suddenly a voice came from heaven, and God, his Father, said this great declaration in front of everyone. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Say that. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. So it's really important for us to recognize that there were three specific signs that happened here. And I want you to see that this is, these three things that happened were keys to Jesus' life. The first one was heaven opened. The Holy Spirit rested upon him like a dove and lighted on him. And then the third thing was he heard his father's voice saying, I'm proud of you. I'm pleased with you. See, every one of us want to hear that, right? <laughs> uh, and so what I wanted to, to dive into today to apply this to us, because sometimes we read these stories and we, we read them from like, you know, two dimensional, we're outside of it. But I wanted us to jump into this story today and kind of see what's going on here. And it's really important for us to know that the enemy absolutely always wants to attack our identity. 
always attacks our identity as sons and daughters. Like if he's going to pick out something about us to attack, it's going to be our identity. He's going to make us feel like we're not sons and daughters. Because what happened after Jesus was baptized and the Holy Spirit rested upon him, the heavens opened and God says, I'm so pleased with you. The Holy Spirit drove him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Immediately. Jesus has this amazing encounter, like he, God's, God's shown his favor upon him, and then immediately the Holy Spirit that rested on him now leads him into the wilderness for one reason, to be tested. And so when Jesus goes, this goes from, right from Matthew 3 to Matthew chapter 4, Jesus goes into the wilderness to be tested by the devil, and the first thing that Satan says to him wasn't, aren't you hungry? He says that later. But what was the first thing he said to him? If you are the Son of God. Everyone say that. If you are the Son of God. The way the enemy attacks every single one of us is he tries to attack our identity in Christ. He wants us to think that we're not who Jesus says that we are. He wants us to think we're the old person who died, you know, and was resurrected in Christ. He wants us to think we're that old person, that old sinner, not the new creation that we are. He wants us to think that, that, that Jesus isn't with us, that we're alone. He attacks our identity. How many of you have ever felt that before? An attack on our identity. And the way he does this is he attacks those same three areas. So what happened when Jesus was baptized? Heaven was open. The Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. And then he heard his father's voice. This is how the enemy attacks us. He attacks our access to heaven. He tells us you're in lack. You're poor. You have no access to heaven. He attacks us in the area of poverty and lack. He says that whatever problems, whatever you're doing in life right now, you, you have to pull from your own resources to solve them because you have no heaven that's open above you. You don't have access to the throne of God. He comes in and he tries to draw a wedge between you and me and our access into the throne of God. And it attacks our identity. And it makes us think that we are poor and we're lacking. See, the poverty spirit is not just about how much money we have in our checking account. The way that we come under the influence of a poverty spirit is we begin to look at everything in our life and assess it from what we have in our resources. Rather than from the open heaven. And he says that we're in lack. The enemy, you don't have enough. You're not enough. You're not man enough. You're not woman enough. You can't handle your business. What are you doing this for? Why are you trying this? Why did you take this risk? You don't have what it takes. He attacks our identity constantly. He wants us to believe that there's a gap between us and heaven. But we open service on purpose from Genesis 28, where Jacob falls asleep and the, the angels ascending and descending into heaven. And he says, oh, this place is so beautiful. There's no place like it. This is the house of God and this is the gate of heaven. And then we prayed. What did you pray? You prayed it with me. We put our hands on our heart and we prayed that prayer. I'm the house of God. I am an open heaven. See, the enemy doesn't want us to know what we have access to. He wants us to try to solve our life's issues and do life from our perspective. When there's a divine nature, there's, an, there's access to unlimited resources. But he wants to trick us into thinking we don't have enough. And then he attacks, he attacks us concerning God's presence in our life. And he tells us that we're alone. 
and he tells us that we're orphans. How many of you ever felt alone before? I, someone said it really well. They're like, I've been around people that have, that have I, I've been alone before, but then I've also been around people who made me feel alone. And the enemy wants us to feel like we're alone. Even if we're surrounded by people, he wants us to feel like we're alone. He wants us to think that we're an orphan, that we don't have a father who is good and looking out for our best interest. And these things happened at Jesus' baptism, I think, for a very specific reason. It solidified his identity. It was God saying, Jesus, everywhere you go, you have an open heaven. Think about Jesus. What? We got 5,000 people to feed? All right, what do we got? Five loaves and two fish? That's enough. Why did Jesus think that way? Because his father, when he was baptized, showed him an open heaven and revealed to Jesus, everywhere you go in life, you have an open heaven. You have unlimited resources. Hey, Jesus, we don't have enough money to pay our taxes. Hey, just go out and go fishing. Sounds like a good plan, right? They pull in money from the fish's mouth. And Jesus goes, all right, it's enough for your taxes and mine. Go pay them. Jesus was not bound by the poverty thinking because he had an open heaven. But Jesus also knew he wasn't an orphan. He was never left alone. Everywhere he went, his father was with him. Everywhere he went, the Holy Spirit went with him. You are not an orphan. You're not alone. It's why he's called God the Father. He's the Father. In the third area, he attacks open heaven, Holy Spirit, and then the voice. He tells you you can't hear God. How many of you have ever, you don't have to raise your hand. How many of you ever said, man, I can't hear God's voice? That is such a lie. Did you know that every part of us was created to hear God? Yeah. Our entire being was created to hear God. Not just our ears, not just our mind, our whole entire physical body and our emotions and our mind and our will was all created to be synced up to hear His voice. For us to say we can't hear God's voice is a complete lie. It's a lie. And He wants to attack us and say that you're living in silence. God doesn't care about you. God has nothing to say over you. And then what happens is in, in the place of God's silence that we're not hearing him the enemy comes in and becomes that voice and lies to us and he tells us lies and nothing he says is true i love the chris valentin uh, a prophet says this he goes even god's word in satan's mouth isn't true because it's tainted with his agenda like he can't tell us the truth and so if we live not knowing we have an open heaven and if we live not knowing that the Holy Spirit and the presence of God is with us, and if we live not knowing that we can and we're synced up to hear God's voice, then we miss our identity. We miss out on it. And I felt like the Lord today wanted to remind us that we're sons and daughters, and you are His beloved son or daughter. He is well pleased with you. You're His favorite. I, I, we can all do that. It's all right. He has enough love for all of us. We're all his favorites. You know, I was, I was telling you this, this prayer began to rise up five or six years ago. And 
I would just stop and say, God, I feel so loved by you. Like, I, I, it just became, it became a thing that God dropped into my heart. And I began to feel it. And so I began to say, God, I feel so loved by you. So I'll be driving down the road and I'll feel his love. And I'll just, I have to stop and say, Lord, I feel so loved by you right now. If he gives me a surprise, oh, I'm so happy for that surprise. I feel so loved by you, God. If he bends me over his knee and whoops my butt. Oh, thank you, God. I feel so loved by you. <laughs> it's true, though. He disciplines those he loves. So it's both ends of the spectrum. He loves us, completely loves us. And he wants every one of us to feel loved by God. Beloved. We're his beloved. If you don't feel loved by God right now, the enemy has lied to you. He has separated you from your identity. You are a son and you're a daughter. Amen? So what is the truth? Well, Romans 8, I just wanted to give scriptural proof to this stuff for each one of these. Romans 8, 14 through 17. For as many that are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Come on but you received the spirit of adoption. Yeah, he chose us. And because we were adopted by him, then we cry out. Everyone say it. Abba, Father, Daddy. It's a term of endearment. It's not a title. It's an intimate term for God. Daddy, Father, Papa, Papi, whatever you want to call. He is your God. He is your Father. Amen? And it's the spirit that descended on us. Come on, bears witness and he's testifying always. He's telling us, you are God's son. You are God's daughter. The Holy Spirit, is cause, his job is to remind us who we are. So when he goes with us, his presence sits upon us like he did Jesus. And he's with us everywhere we go. What's he saying to us? You're God's son. You're God's daughter. Don't forget it. He's always reminding us because that's what he's here to do, that we are God's children. Come on. And if we're his children, then we're what? We're heirs. Everyone say heirs which means we have access to everything that he had access to. Everything Jesus had access to, we have access to because we are co-heirs in Christ Jesus. Amen? John chapter 10, verse 27. You're like, well, I don't hear his voice. I want to read 1 John 3. What great love has the Father lavished on us, come on, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Amen? We are children of God. Hmm. John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, and they know me, and they will follow me. That's good news right now, right? So what's the point of all of this? this You came on a good day. It's a short one. (laughs) What's the point? We're not orphans. We're not left to survive on our own. When Jesus in John 13, 14, 15, and 16, he's preparing his disciples for him to leave. And they've gotten really comfortable being in the cool crowd with Jesus. Everywhere Jesus went, they were with him. They, they saw miracles, signs and wonders. They saw stuff that, that people told about all over the world. They told the stories that the disciples got to be right in the middle of all of it. And Jesus goes, hey guys, I, I got some bad news. It's not bad news. It's really good, but you're going to think it's really bad right now. I have to leave. And I can just imagine how they all felt like, oh, man. Most of them were really young when Jesus called them. They, they didn't really have any other life or any family. Like Jesus was it. 
They're following Jesus. And he goes, but I won't leave you as orphans. What a promise. I will not leave you as orphans. And he says, I have to leave because the Holy Spirit's going to come, but he won't come if I don't leave. So I have to leave so that he will come and you will not be orphans anymore. When he comes, he will remind you of everything I've told you. He will remind you who you are. He will testify who you are. He will reveal your identity. He will be the key to you having your full inheritance as, as sons and daughters. The Holy Spirit. He's like, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will send my spirit and he will, he will testify that you're sons and daughters, you're children of God. Amen. Amen. What else? We have access to an open heaven. Okay, it's not just a cute saying, right? Uh, we have access to uh, open heavens. We can have anything we want. Like he says, if we ask anything in his name, he'll give it to us. They, they just things that we say. No, they're not. It's literally the Christian lifestyle. You're like, man, it doesn't seem true. We have to practice it. We have to practice. But we do have access. We have access to an open heaven where nothing is impossible, where everything has to bow to the will of Jesus. We have access to that. You're having trouble in your family right now. You have access to an open heaven where everything we need, we can look up there and go, oh, we need some peace in our home. Jesus, bring peace into my home. We can go have access to it and bring it into the here and now. I'm having pain in my body. Anyone having pain right now? Jesus heals you right now in Jesus' name. You're well. We have access to healing. Jesus paid a heavy price for us to be healed. He spilled his blood, not just so we could go to heaven, but so that we could be healed in every way, emotionally, physically, relationally, so that we could be well. We have access to this all the time. There is an open heaven above us. It's not closed. How many of you ever felt like heaven was just so far away? God is far away. Everything he has is so far. I don't know how to, I don't, like, I don't have the key. And you're pulling all the keys out trying to, no, we have an open door to heaven right now. This, this is the point of today. You have open heaven. You have the Holy Spirit on you. He's with us. The Holy Spirit is with us. We are never alone. There's not one place we go in life. There's not one situation. No, nothing we encounter that we do it alone. Like, well, I've been a single mom for, for a long time. I'm doing it by myself. You're not doing it by yourself. You're not alone. He even says he will be your husband. The kinsman redeemer. See, in biblical times when the husband would die, the women didn't have access usually to the, to the, to the land, to the property. Thank God we live in different times. Amen. All the ladies, yeah. <laughs> But what would happen is, is it, like, for example, if I passed away, then it would be my brother's responsibility in biblical times to watch after my family, to make sure they were provided for and cared for. Jesus said he would come and be your kinsman redeemer. Yeah. You're not a widow. Oh. You're not an orphan. He will be your husband. He will be your, your protector, your provider, your keeper. Amen. And he's with you always. You're not alone. Like, well, I'm carrying all these weights and these burdens and these responsibilities, and they are mine. They're not just yours. He says, come to me. Cast all your cares and your burdens on me, and I will give you rest. He doesn't want us to feel alone. If we feel alone, we've believed a lie. If we feel like the heavens are closed, we've believed a lie. The last thing is we hear his voice. 
All right, that's the point for all, all of this today is that we hear His voice, we have an open heaven, and His presence is with us. That's what this baptism thing is about. That's what our kids have been learning. This is what they've been learning. Matt's been preparing them, teaching them this. We're going to reinforce it today as we dunk them in the water. It's a prophetic act that you belong to Jesus. Come on. And we're going to say these things over them in a moment. You have an open heaven. His presence is on you. And you're not alone and you hear His voice. Come on, we're going to declare these things. But I want us to know it. I want you and I to know it. There are so many times lately I've felt alone. Like Mandy can tell you, I, I've, I was like, I just feel really alone right now. It's a lie. I'm not alone. I'm not an orphan. I want to take 15 seconds and speak to the men. A lot, of, a lot of men haven't been initiated into manhood. And what I mean by that is there, there isn't that, that delineation, that line that says, oh, you're, you're a man now. And we just go about our life and we don't think about it a lot. We push it down. But the Lord wants to initiate us today. As a father. It's different for women. They have an absolute marker. Things have changed. You're a woman now. There are things that need to happen after that training and teaching how, how to, to, to become a woman, what it means to be a woman. But there's a clear, distinct marker for women. Men miss that. And I felt like the Lord wanted to say that He wants to speak over you. You're my beloved son. Men, this is for you too. We're not here just because our wives dragged us here. Or because we're trying to tame the wild stallion inside of us. We're his beloved sons. And he wants to initiate us into manhood. You're not an orphan. He wants to be our father. Would you bow your heads? Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Father, we ask that you would open the heavens, that your spirit would come down like a dove, and that we would hear your voice. If you need an encounter with him today, ask him for one right now. If you want this specific encounter, ask him, God, I need I need your initiation. I need your approval. I need you to speak over my life, my identity. Come on, just talk to him. with your heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to just ask, is there anyone here that you're like, man, I'm just far from God. I I just feel really far away. And maybe it's my fault. I don't know, but I just feel far from him. And I want that fixed before I leave today. If that's you and you're here in the room or watching at home, would you just raise your hand and put it right back down? Anyone at all? 
This is the most important thing right here. The connection to the Father. All it takes is just turning. Good, good, good. Would you stand, everyone? Jesus. We're going to pray those three things, that heaven would be opened. So when we say heavens are open, that means all the storehouses of heaven are unlocked to us. We have access to it. And so if you need access <laughs> to heaven, I want you just to pray with me. I'm, I'm not going to ask you to repeat the prayer, but I'm going to pray. I'm just going to ask you to pray with me. So ready? We're praying for an open heaven. Father, we come to you now. And we know that you gave us divine access to the throne of God. You gave us access to heaven and all of its resources. By the blood of Jesus, we've been given access. Come on. We have access to your heart. We have access to your wealth. We have access to your wisdom, to solutions to life's issues. We have access to it right now, to healing and so, God, I ask that you would open the heavens over every person and over every family here. We declare open heavens over your family right now. No more poverty, no more lack mindset. You are not bound to your own resources. You have access to unlimited possibilities, unlimited resources. The second thing I want us to pray is that we felt alone. We felt like an orphan. So God, we come to you now. We ask that you would bring us close. We ask that you would initiate us as sons and daughters, that you would send your Holy Spirit to rest upon us, that your presence would be with us and remind us who we are. Amen. We rebuke the lies of the enemy who separates us and, and, and divides us from our identity. And we begin to act in ways that were not in our nature. We rebuke that. We end that relationship right now. And we reconnect to you. You're our Father. Only you have a right to say who we are. We give you access right now. We ask that your presence would rest upon us. I ask even now as we pray that your presence would fall upon every one of us. Rest upon our homes. Rest upon our children, our families. Rest upon our finances. Make us aware of the fact that everywhere we go, you are Emmanuel. You are God with us. And number three, we hear your voice. We have, we have not been removed far away where we're deaf and we can't hear your voice. We were made to hear your voice and you have given us your voice. And the reason that's so important is because life comes from your words. And so God, we need you to speak over our lives, life in Jesus name. We need you to declare life over us right now. We can hear your voice. And Lord, whatever has been messing with that ability to hear your voice, we, we ask for you to come and remove that obstacle. 
We ask that you would make war with the thing that has separated us from hearing your voice, from the life-giving sound of your voice. God, I ask that everyone here will begin to have dreams and visions, that we will begin to have encounters where we hear your voice, where scripture pops into our head, where strangers have a prophetic word for us. God, that you will begin to declare your word over our lives and it will produce fruit in us in Jesus' name. Come on, increased activity of the voice of God. Increased awareness of his voice. Hmm. We are your sheep. We hear your voice and we know you and you know us. (laughs) Would you say that with me? I am your sheep. (laughs) I hear your voice. You know me and I know you. (laughs) Come on. All right, here's how we're going to close. We've got, I know kids are getting close and getting ready, but if you, I just, if you have any other need for anything, healing, deliverance, relationship, would you raise your hand until someone starts to pray for you right where you're at? Yep. You don't have to come to the front, just right there. We have someone here. We need someone go to them. As soon as you see the hand up, go to them. You're all, you're all kings and priests in the kingdom. You all have access. Come on. Anyone else? You need prayer. Ask them what it is and begin to pray. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yep, we bless you right now. We bless you. We release healing over you right now in Jesus' name. By His stripes, you were healed in Jesus' name. If you need wisdom, He has wisdom for you. He's given you access to His wisdom. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Yeah. You're not alone. Come on.